0: Finnovate showcases cutting-edge banking and financial technology through a global conference series featuring short-form demos and thought leadership. Now, the conversation continues on the Finnovate podcast. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Finnovate podcast. Joining me today, we have Jesse Wedler, partner at Capital G. Jesse, thank you so much for joining me
1: today. Thanks for having me, Greg. I'm a fan of the podcast and the conference. and really excited to chat with you.
0: Excellent. Well, and if anybody uh, doesn't know who Capital G is, I would recommend Googling them real quick before we uh, get going. That's terrible. That's a terrible way to start the show. Let's go ahead and start a different way. Jesse, go ahead and give us an introduction on yourself and your role at Capital G.
1: For sure. So I'm a partner at Capital G. We're a growth-focused investment fund backed by Alphabet. And our approach to the world is investing in a small number of transformative businesses each year and making large, concentrated bets on those companies. And what we mean by transformative is companies that can transform the industries they're operating in. So finding the next generation of Googles out there, uh, companies like Stripe, like UiPath, like CrowdStrike, some investments that we've made, and we make the investment, and then we leverage the resources of Google, our our LP parent company, to help companies scale faster. And that is bringing in engineering expertise, bringing in marketing expertise, and a whole host of other things where we can find really bespoke, best-in-class experts to help growth stage companies with the challenges they're working through.
0: Excellent. No, I think that's really interesting. And obviously, we're talking specifically about the fintech space. Um, this is not just, it's not everything that Capital G looks at, but it's something that you look at. What would you say is your investment strategy when it comes to the fintech space in particular? Are there any pieces that you and your team are especially interested in at the moment? Yeah, good question.
1: And and so, yeah, I didn't give enough, I guess, on my personal background, but I, I've been at the firm for eight years. And, you know, I, I came to the firm because, of the, the focus they have on you know, finding and investing in the next wave of transformative businesses. And for us, fintech has been an area of focus really since the beginning. And so, eight years ago, we started making our first investments as a fund. And our first ever investment was in Lending Club, which you know, was ca- kind of a, a really big fintech story years ago. And from there, we invested in Credit Karma. And, and then in 2016, we led a round for Stripe. Um, and from there, we've invested in MX, uh, Robinhood, Albert. Next Insurance, Applied Systems, and and more recently a few others, Um, and so I think in total we have probably twelve or thirteen fintech focused investments. And for us, you know, this is uh, one of the areas, one of the themes that we spend a lot of time thinking about, because we think, you know, as a as a kind of a global view of, of, of technology, financial services has such a need for better technology both in terms of inclusion and access, but also in terms of transforming the legacy financial institutions. And so it's a spot that we spend a lot of time thinking about and have a decent piece of our team dedicated today.
0: Sure, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. And Lending Club is also just for the record, a company that was very formative uh, in Finnovate's early days as well. We first saw them on stage way back in 2008. And I believe that video is still available if anybody feels like taking a trip down memory lane and seeing what a FinTech conference looked like. More than a decade ago, um, so you know, let's talk a little bit about um, the the different kind of spaces within fintech. Obviously, there are a lot of different areas that you could potentially focus on. Um, what types of companies are you personally, particularly interested in within the Capital G team?
1: Yeah, so I focus just on B two B fintech, and for me, for 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 my focus, that means companies that are selling to other companies. And that's discrete and different from. So the other focus areas we have, like crypto, which I think you know, crypto is a full-time job in itself, and we shouldn't kid ourselves and try to you know try to kind of dabble in it. So we have some people that just focus just on that, and we have some people that focus just on emerging market consumer-focused fintech, where there's a lot of growth going on right now, both for consumer and SMB-focused products. Uh, but but for me, it's just on B2B fintech, where it's it's anything selling to fintechs or Financial institutions to enable financial products and delivery of of some sort of financial service. I know that's broad, but you know, I think we can dive dive more into what that looks like specifically. Um, the, I guess the you know the, the other way that I think about this market is there's you know there's a lot of investment going into into venture fintech. I think twenty billion annually, um, but there's a, a huge amount that's spent on just supporting the financial infrastructure of the world. I think it's like $500 billion annually spent on IT for, for FIs globally. And so I think there's this huge opportunity for greater penetration of technology into that broader financial services ecosystem. And we're seeing this across every subvertical from mortgage, insurance, brokerage, but it's still a really low penetration, like sub 10% in a lot of these areas in terms of the digital penetration. And so I think there's you know a 10, 20-year trend here of better technology penetrating these verticals. And that's for me what excites me about B2B FinTech and and where I spend my time focusing.
0: Sure. No, and I think you're spot on that there's a lot more to do in terms of getting some of these solutions into the you know the fabric of some of the financial institutions a little bit more. Um, certainly, something we've seen a lot on our side as well. Companies coming across the Finnovate stage looking to um, get involved with financial institutions of a lot of different sizes um, and different verticals within those financial institutions. You know, and an interesting thing that's kind of been happening from our standpoint over the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of the really large financial institutions. T- taking some of the pieces that they might normally have gone out to fintech vendors for and trying to bring them in-house. You know, there's a lot of accelerators launched by major banks. Clearly, they're trying to bring uh, developer talent into their own organizations, trying to develop platforms and uh, products for themselves And this has kind of changed the way the fintech ecosystem is working because, you know, instead of having these gigantic potential customers out there, um, now a lot of them are looking more at kind of smaller financial institutions, credit unions and things like that. Um, Now, that's not to say there's not still opportunities with those major financial institutions, but it has shifted a little bit. What's your take on that? The way that we've sort of seen some of those larger companies bringing some of this development in-house?
1: Yeah, I think it's... It's a little bit frenzied to be honest. Like there's just so much going on in terms of, of the the agendas that all these companies, big and small, have. And I, I think, you know, right now that like you're saying, like a lot of these larger, especially if you look at the banking, like top four banks are gonna try to do everything themselves. You know, the super regionals, they're gonna do a mix of kind of buying and and building themselves. But then community banks, credit unions, like they they really don't have the capabilities in house, or at least most of them don't, to go build themselves. So, I think you're spot on that that is a, a natural kind of segment within banking, but also in other areas where the, you know, the smaller, the not kind of head of the tail companies need help from third party companies, from fintechs who are building the infrastructure and the products they need. And I think that is a natural segment to focus on right now. I think there's other layers to it, though, where there's common infrastructure where you know, no company, regardless of size, really wants to build it themselves. And so, you know, example of this would be something like Twilio, or um, a more recent example would be a company like Notarize that we invested in earlier this year, where you know no company should go build digital notarization technology. That should become an infrastructure that a company like Notarize just builds and offers to everyone. So it's it's always a little bit nuanced, but I, I think um, I, I think there's there, there, there's a market for everyone, and you just have to be really focused on the specific market you're serving. So you don't get too caught up in you know trying to sell the customers that might not be likely adopters
0: sure, sure you know another piece we were talking about before we actually push record here is looking kind of outside the financial institution group as well and looking at companies you know either uh, um, tech companies who are implementing what you couldn't normally think of as fintech solutions in various places you know. Companies need to get uh, payments widgets installed. They need to verify identities and things like this, which kind of come from a fintech space to some extent, but aren't, aren't certainly limited to uh, financial institutions and their applications. How big of an opportunity do you think that is, looking kind of beyond the walls of the financial ecosystem for areas where some of these solutions might find life in other businesses?
1: Yeah, I think there's a, a huge broad opportunity for embedded finance. I think we have to be careful with like, how we define it, because I think it's you know nobody has a definition for this. Like we were talking about, I think there's so many natural points of attachment, though, for financial products. And the simple one that I always think about is when you're buying a car online through Carvana, through whoever, there should be an option just to buy insurance right there. And that's where it makes a lot of sense. But you know when you get into the the corner cases of you know like every company out there offering you know embedded payments or embedded loans through their site, like that, I don't know, is that going to exist long term? Um, I, I think there's an open question about who's going to win embedded finance from a company perspective, but I think it's it's a very clear large opportunity from an infrastructure perspective, and so that's what excites me about it. Is hey, who knows who's really going to end up winning at the end of the day at the at the kind of company level, um, who's who's offering these financial products to their end users, but we know they're all going to need infrastructure to get there and to operate. So it's a huge opportunity, I think, in the next few years for companies that are building infrastructure focused on this specifically.
0: Yeah, no, agreed. And I think, you know, we we don't need to go too far down this rabbit hole because if you start pulling threads here, you start getting to questions like, what is a bank, right? What if you're offering banking services, does that make you a bank? Is Starbucks a bank? Because I can put money into an account there and hold it for them and then go scan my my phone at checkout. Um, You know, is is Venmo a bank? do I... Go ahead
1: and do I want to have 20 different banks that I'm technically a right. uh, you know consumer of like that sounds exhausting
0: right yeah keeping track of where you have money stashed with different corporations and who you're willing to you know up that card ahead of time I'm going to put 200 dollars down so that I can ease the payment process later on um so you know we, we don't need to go too far down that rabbit hole but I think it is interesting to just be conscious that that rabbit hole is there. Um, because, and there are going to be consumers who are going to start asking some of these questions, you know, why do I need to keep my money in this kind of financial institution? What services am I actually getting here? And, and obviously this is going to be fascinating to watch over the next couple of years as people, and really consumers will be the ones who kind of vote with their money. They'll move it where they want to move it. Um, and the rest of the industry will have to respond to what people want to do. Um, so th- as, as they say, kind of watch this space. Um, yeah. another interesting piece that we haven't talked about though is kind of You know, fintech that's designed to be helpful to other fintech innovators, certainly something we see a lot on the Finnovate stage as well. You know, service providers to other fintech companies um, or solutions which can be embedded into Uh, another fintech process. And this is potentially another really large area as well. um, And potentially growing area as more and more service providers come into existence, supporting those service providers themselves, you know, to use the old analogy um, when during the gold rush time to sell shovels. Um, And there's certainly a lot of people who are selling shovels at the moment. How does that opportunity strike you in comparison to some of what we, when we normally think of B2B fintech, we don't normally consider that, but how does that, that, uh, Opportunity strike you?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, I think that you know what you're highlighting is there's this really interesting, interesting cycle in terms of like the whole space is just getting more competitive to get those end users because you have embedded finance going after it, you have legacy FIs who are trying to get better, you have up and coming you know direct fintechs that are that are serving users that are they're competing, and everyone just needs to get better. And I think that that is. Really fun for the space because you you know there's going to be a lot of innovation going on, but it's great for the infrastructure side because none of these companies should focus on building or rebuilding the picks and shovels, as you put it, to go offer their products. They need to focus on you know what is the value they're actually creating or the community they're creating. What is the reason why people should use and continue to use their products? And so you know to to your question, I don't know exactly how you should define service provider because that's kind of broad. But I think you know anything in terms of whether it's identity or the actual payment rails or you know the, the fraud and AML side and compliance, like you shouldn't go build that yourself in any in any state of the world. And so the, I think we're going to see winners show up in all these spots because there's such common needs. And I think that the question is, you know, who's got the best mousetrap to actually create large defensible businesses in each of these areas because there's so much fragmentation and competition right now. And so really exciting to see, but, you know, still pretty uncertain in most of these verticals.
0: Sure. No, I think that's fair enough. And you're right. It's just going to be fascinating to watch as this all unfolds. And, um, you know, we'll keep an eye on the space, as we said. So uh, we're coming up on the end of our time here, and I do want to just take advantage of the opportunity of having you on the show. You're in a unique position to be able to offer some advice to a lot of our listeners who are on that kind of early stage. FinTech startup side, you know, um, obviously there's a wide range of companies and the various places that they are in the fundraising journey, but I'd like to just get some quick advice from you for companies who are in the process of building companies right now, whether they're, you know, early stage kind of seed stage or more, uh, kind of mid stage, later stage growth stages, what we sometimes call them, um, what advice do you have for yeah. companies about making themselves attractive to someone like Capital G at that right stage and when is the right time to get involved with you?
1: Yeah, good question. So we we focus on investing at series B and beyond where there's clear product market fit, but you want to go, you know, scale the business in a meaningful way. That's where we love to get involved. And I th- I think if I if I look across the companies that that we've been most successful with and that we admire the most, I think the common thread is is simplicity, which might sound funny to say, but it's it's a simple and very clear mission. Whether it's you know Robinhood offering free account free, free stock trading, whether it's Stripe with simple online payment integration, or you know more recently ID.me being the identity layer of the internet, or Mantle being the you know business account opening product for banks. I think simplicity always wins because that's what you need to. Recruit talent to recruit investors and to recruit customers. At the end of the day, and the, the the teams that seem to get lost are the ones that overcomplicate what they're doing and try to do too many things at once.
0: I hope any potential Finnovate demoers are listening to that, because I always say this when you get to the coaching process, you need to have simple messages. You need to be able to really clearly articulate who your product is for and why they want it. Um, and, and you would be amazed at how often I get pushback on that, on some of those calls. And I'm like, I promise you guys, this is for your own good. You need to be able to articulate totally. and to have you validate that, I think is really helpful. So anybody who's going to demo, uh, write that down. <laughs> um Cool. Well, that takes us to the end of our time here today. Again, I've been talking with Jesse Wedler, a partner at Capital G. Jesse, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. And we've got a lot to follow up on uh, when we talk again at some point in the future.
1: Thank you, Greg. This was really fun.
0: Excellent. We'll see you soon, I'm sure.